Ben McAvoy on the pod. Let's go. That's right. Ben, for those listening, give us a 60-second intro, who you are, what you're up to today. My name is Benjamin McAvoy. I'm from Massachusetts, now living out in Los Angeles. I'm the founder of Benji Ball. It's an indoor-outdoor adaptable baseball game. I wanted to find a way where people could enjoy a fun game without having to be worrying about their age or physical abilities. And uh, now I'm just getting Benji Ball all around the country, trying to get it into schools, backyards, and beaches all around. So hopefully you'll see it at uh, your local beach next summer trip or maybe in your backyard soon. But uh, just doing that and then kind of living life and trying to figure out what my passions and hobbies are and see what I can do with it. You're doing a great job, man. Coming right off of a two-month U.S. trip, getting Benji Ball out there to the people, getting it in the hands. I love to see it. I love to see the growth in you. And uh, yeah, man, it's you just have had so much growth even since you moved to L.A. So it's been a pleasure outside looking in to kind of see uh, you evolve since then. I'd love to just kind of open this conversation up and really just see where you're at today and like what are the things that are top of mind what are you trying to work through my biggest goal through this conversation is by the end of it you have a couple action items to do after this call but i'd be very curious to hear kind of what are some of those things that you feel you need help on guidance on or you're currently working through good question so i think uh something that i'm really been dialing in on and trying to figure out a lot more lately is just like my time blocking and scheduling uh, and I, you've helped me a lot with that actually, and just kind of setting up my schedule and putting everything into the schedule, even if it's like my morning coffee, my afternoon walk and trying to really schedule all that in. Now it's just kind of a matter of sticking to it, but then also not letting myself get frustrated if I miss like the 30 minute window at 2 PM to work strictly on emails or something like that. And maybe I go over on what I was doing before or a little over on that. And, uh, I was finding myself getting a little bit frustrated on, not being like really dialed into the minute of that time blocking. So now it's just kind of a matter of really figuring out what works for me and how to be flexible in it without getting too frustrated. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that you're already time blocking in of itself is such a massive step because ultimately that's giving you clarity on what you should be doing and when, which then inevitably creates a sense of healthy internal pressure. Like Ben knows that at 2 PM, he's got to hit emails for 30 minutes before, you know, two 30, he has a call. And then at, for he needs to do a brainstorming ideation for X, Y, and Z project. Like, I think time blocking in of itself is already a massive step. But what do you feel like? It sounds like you're still feeling like there's something that's either missing or something that's just not working. Like, what do you feel like is um, the resistance or the or, or the issue that you need to kind of resolve? I think a lot of it revolves around me. Like, I've always been kind of flexible and kind of living just like in the moment like if something comes up i need to do it right then and there which is good and bad because it allows me to kind of get done what's top of mind but then it's also kind of bad because i get i let myself get distracted easily from what i should be doing so i think it's a lot of like how can i structure my day in a way that allows me to actually be like not worrying about things that may come up randomly and i think one thing that has helped with that is just keeping my phone on do not disturb the whole day because I'm not seeing those notifications pop up. So that's been a, a big change, which has really been beneficial for me. But I'm still finding like my mind kind of swaying towards other things. And I I feel like that may revolve around kind of just not being like happy or content in that exact moment of what I'm doing. Like maybe it, if it is emails, yeah, it's kind of boring to scroll through and clear your inbox and respond to certain things, but you have to do it. 
So it's just a matter of kind of figuring out how to stay disciplined on that exact moment of doing something that may not be too fun compared to other things that I could possibly be doing for the business. Yeah, well, it's it's funny you even say that because our minds love to go everywhere else other than where we are presently. So even before you clicked into this this podcast, I literally mentally had to remind myself that this is a primary task of mine. This is a very important part of me being a creator, building my business, this podcast with you right here, right now. But where my mind immediately went clicking into this is like, wait a second, I was just working on a video concept. So now I'm being unproductive because I'm distracting myself from finishing the thing. But when I view it from a bird's eyes lens, it's, wait a second, this is all part of like the work that needs to get done. So two thoughts. One is like, being a little bit more open-minded to recognizing like all of these, you know, when you're out traveling and in front of people pitching Benji ball, that's the fun, the sexiness, because it's like direct impact sales. We're making money. Let's go. Then when you're sitting down answering the emails, you're like, you know, I don't want to deal with this. This is not fun. This isn't glamorous, but it equally is valuable because all it takes is that one email from somebody following up saying, Ben, great to meet you. Can I actually place an order for a thousand Benji balls? And you're like, all right, now I love emails. Let's do this more, right? <laughs> True. So I, I think it's changing the lens in which you see these activities. They're all equally valuable. But even to go a further step, which has been really helpful for me, is identifying my to-dos in two different buckets, primary secondary. Primary are the things that I know I need to do the most leverage, move the needle, focus, deep work. Those are my primary tasks. Secondary could be recording a podcast, having a call, emails, right? And when I've been able to break those up, it's allowed me to reprioritize my day so that the early part of my day is all head down primary, do not disturb, love that. So I'm glad you're a fan of that too. And then the back half of the day is the secondary. So it's a lot easier for me to compartmentalize like what I should be doing and not feeling guilty if I'm doing something else. Just knowing that my best deep work comes in the morning. So if I'm on a call at 3 and 3.30, I don't feel bad about it, recognizing I'm done for the day on the deep work. That is where I use the time in the morning to get those tasks done. I like that. And are you like, differentiating them just in your mind or are you like making a, a list out and writing it down keeps keeping sticky notes on your desk and kind of checking them off as you go or how's that work for you that's a good question i was so religious to creating a to-do list and then i found i don't know if it was because of the move to austin and like it was after i had pretty much like 45 days of just like kind of like wasn't i didn't have a home i then moved in with my girlfriend for 30 days like it was like a very weird period where I kind of lost that like urgency to create a to-do list. So I was just doing like a mentalist every day. But then even this morning, oddly enough, I got, I am trying to get back into the rhythm of just writing it down because I, I find that I, I'm hyper aware and conscious of what I need to do so I can kind of just keep a running tally. But I will say there's something to be said about writing things down and then visually seeing myself cross it off it feels like we are getting things done. And, and then there's like that, if I ever question like, did I get anything done today? I have like documentation on that day of like what I got done. So I'm in that process of getting back into it 
And it tends to just be similarly like I start at the top, I write down the most important task, and then I follow it through with, I don't want to call it not important, but tasks that um, what I would call a secondary, the calls or emails or um, you know anything that kind of fits within that bucket. I think that's a big place where I was getting caught up because in school, like high school, college specifically, I was always like if I if a teacher said, hey, you got to do this for homework, I never wrote it down. I just kind of like hoped I remembered it. Uh, and thankfully, I did every time. Like I was never one to forget homework or anything. But I think that then translated into my life now where I'm like, oh, I can just if I have to do something, I'll just remember to do it. Like, let me not write mm. it down. And I was getting too caught up and in, in leaning on that. And then too many things were coming in at once. Like it's kind of easy to remember four different things you got to do for homework. But when you got eight different things all coming in at different times, it's kind of hard to navigate and, and uh, memorize those. So I think now actually writing it down or even setting it like as a screenshot on my on my phone of just like the if there are really important things to get done, something where I can visually see it. And I think actually writing and checking it off will be uh, super beneficial. Yeah, totally. What I would consider doing uh, if I was in your shoes is I would almost have like, I'd and I would do probably digital, but if you want to handwrite, you can handwrite it. I would have like a database of like the things to do for your business. And this becomes a place that at any moment in time, you have that random thought of like, oh, I need to do this. You just go and document it, but then you keep doing the thing that you're doing, right? Instead of telling yourself, oh, I'll, I'll remember, I'll just do it later. And then three hours later, you're like, what was the thing that I need to do? I'm a big fan of really building out what most people now call and refer to as like the second brain. It's like this organized mm -hmm. place where you can keep track of things. So what I would do if I was you is keep this running tap and it's going to be a lot. Your list might be 15, 20, 50 items deep and that's fine. But then what you do is you're constantly just pulling things up and moving things down in, in, the, in, in which it needs to get done. So it's like, that one idea or thought of like to do needs to get for you. It's like, ah, I can get it done the next three months and that's fine. But there might be that other idea where it's like, oh, I want to change the shipping structure. So that's going to become now more of a priority. So then you can utilize having this database of all the things you need to do. You look at it in the morning. What are the two to three things I need to work on today? And then you can take that and create your own separate list so that now it's like, you're pulling from a documented area of the things that need to get done because inevitably you're not going to be able to get everything done, right? Like there's always so much more to do, which is supposed to be the exciting thing is recognizing there's always going to be more work that needs to get done, but you being able to compartmentalize and recognize what are the things that absolutely need to get done today is going to help you stay focused on those things without getting caught up looking at this never ending list. Yeah, that's a really good idea, especially considering that there are certain things that come up every day. Like maybe it is shipping stuff that I need to figure out or just every day kind of going over the shipments from the previous day and making sure pricing was right and this and that. I don't know, random stuff. But there are things that are extremely important that are consistent everyday things. So if I can make that list and kind of go through and check it off and have that list and then maybe add in like sub bullets on that showing mm -hmm. like, all right, today this is a certain thing that I need to do for that. I think that'll be extremely helpful. Yeah, I think it's also too, what's really important is be realistic about what can you accomplish in a day. Because True. if you're writing down 10 items and you're like, I'm going to hit all these, I need to do it. And you only get six done and it's 8 p.m. You have this feeling like, wow, I, you're almost setting yourself up for failure because you told yourself you're going to get these 10 things done, which isn't, it's based on what was written down is impossible. So it's better to kind of 
be realistic about what can you actually accomplish in a day so you feel fulfilled and satisfied at the end of that day going, you know what? I got everything done that I need to get done. Good job, Ben. Let's, you know, rest up and recharge for the next day. Yeah, that's very true. And and one thing specifically that I started to implement, uh, our friend JT recommended this to me a while back, and it was to go and do like uh, the 16 personality test and the human design mm-hmm. test and, and stuff like that and input those results into chat GPT and then describe what your ideal day looks like and what's important to you. So for me, it's like, uh, here are my results of the 16 personality, the human design. Something that's really important to me is uh, 10 p.m. I'm in bed, 10 to 10.30 I'm journaling, and I'm, I'm asleep by 10.45 or something like that. Like that's just a small example. And my morning is getting my cold shower and uh, making my bed and all that before I do anything in the day. So inputting that into ChatGPT with some other little minute details and then asking it to spit out an ideal schedule based off of what I told it, it gave me the schedule that, Obviously, looking at it, it, it's kind of biased because I told it what I liked, but it also added in certain things where I didn't really think about how to structure my day to make sure that I was giving myself a 15-minute window to get outside in the middle of the day. Or mm. uh, I find myself to be have a very creative spurt right after dinner. So it's like, all right, maybe I stop working a little bit before dinner, but then pick something else up that I really wanted to do right after dinner for 45 minutes. So mm. I think I knew all this in my head. It was just a matter of visually seeing it. So now I have this Google Calendar where I input all those results from ChatGPT and it's just dialed in right there. And obviously things are going to change. One day I might do something a little different or grab coffee and work from a coffee shop someday. But I think that really helped to kind of have a visualization of what I always hoped my ideal day would be. And I think now it's sort of helping me, helping guide me on how to actually achieve that day in and day out. Wow. Um, that's, yeah, that's so interesting. I've never would have thought to take the 16 personality with the human design and put it to chat GPT and then come yeah. out with your own ideal schedule. Try it out. It, it was pretty, it was pretty cool to see what it was. And I had never done any of those tests. Uh, so seeing the results, I was actually like, well, I could see that actually being very true. Like I kind of didn't really yeah. know that about myself. It's almost like a personal therapy session. Oh, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, Okay, I'm curious. So we, we kind of hit on like some of the scheduling, some of like the daily tasks. What other things come up or feel relevant to you right now that you're working through? Um, I think kind of getting on a getting on a consistent workout schedule. And something mm-hmm. that I think we've we've talked about multiple times is like budgeting and this all this ties back in, but kind of like budgeting and figuring out what works for me and like my finances, but then also what works for me and my schedule like we were just saying but i had always relied on kind of just like hey i'll go for a run and i'll do run a couple days a week five days a week or something and that works great because you're still getting outside you're still moving but now i really am trying to get into a a consistent routine of weights and weightlifting because i had that in college but now it's like how do i get back into that and finding myself not being as consistent with it as i'd hoped and sticking with running is obviously great and doing something outside but i need to get back into doing something where it's weights and actually like lifting in a gym. So just kind of like staying disciplined on that and just making the decision of like, Hey, I'm going to pay the 40 bucks a month and just get the gym membership or whatever it is around here. Um, yeah. So that's been kind of a decision that's been on my mind and I haven't executed it. And I don't know why every time I think about doing it, I'm like, oh, I'll do it today. But then I kind of push it off and I don't know. It's, I, I just always resort back to the running. Yeah. Let's dive into it. So what, what's getting you to keep pushing it off? 
I think it's because every time that I'm about to actually do it, I'm like, oh, I need, I'm going to put that expense towards something for the business. And I just am always like, oh, just for the business, for the business. And even if it's 40 bucks a month, like that's not much. If you think about it, like, you can make that like that. But every time I'm thinking about it, I'm like every dollar that I'm making should go right back into the business, which I've mm -hmm. allowed myself to get into this, into this mindset where I was so structured, especially coming out to Los Angeles, where it's like I need to be focused so heavily into the business. So every dollar that I'm making, like I can't this sounds terrible, but I can't like use it for pleasure, like going and having fun. But that's completely shifted. I've now found ways to have fun that work really well for me. Um, but I think I was allowing myself to get really caught up in that thought process to where I was kind of pushing off things that I probably should focus on. Like obviously the physical yeah. health is pretty important, but I was kind of finding myself pushing that off for a while and still continuing to do so, even though I know that I shouldn't. I've just had this thought process in my mind, like ingrained in there for some reason that is, has been kind of hard to get out. Do you believe investing in yourself is important for people and entrepreneurs? Yeah, hundred percent. And I find that with that, I have had this like mind shift where it's like, all right, my investing in myself, like I am my business. So investing in the business is investing in myself, if that makes sense. And yes. I've let that almost go a little too far sometimes to where it's like, Hey, every dollar needs to go into the business when it's pretty important to like eat a dinner tonight or do something. Totally. So if I told you that you giving me $40 a month would in return, give you more energy, more clarity, make you feel more confident, better your mental, physical well being. Would you exchange that $40? Yeah, when you put it like that, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think the the gym membership is a non-negotiable. I think it's make that simple decision within the next 24 hours. If you can go today to sign up and get in the workout, great. If not, do it first thing tomorrow. But I think you need to recognize that that investment is so important to how you show up in Benji Ball and your business and then also in your personal life that you will see a massive return on investment. And then I think once you just get through that hurdle of this mental block that the $40 isn't worth it, I think then you're going to be able to allow yourself to consistently show up and then just make it a routine where you're like, you know, Monday through Friday, I want to work out at 7 a.m. every day. And what I'll do is because I like running and lifting weights, I'm going to alternate. Or Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday is weightlifting and, you know, Monday and Sundays running like you, you can come up with your own uh, scheduling for it. But I think absolutely no questions asked that $40 is so worth worth the investment. I also think too, from a from a, just like a high level health perspective, like we we want to we're, we're afraid to buy the organ organic because it's expensive. We're afraid to buy the gym membership because it's expensive. We're afraid to buy the gym shoes because it's expensive. But what we're not calculating is like the return on that investment. Yeah. Not only how much different you'll feel on a day-to-day -day basis, but then the longevity of your health, it's going to set you up for being in the doctor's office less because you spent the time and energy to compound your well-being um, while you had the opportunity to do so. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think that's a, a very appropriate time to actually look into the, look at the future and look from almost a futuristic mindset of like, Hey, what is this actually going to do for me in the future? The doctor's office, the health, the energy, 
where I think there are a lot of times where we can get caught up thinking too far in the future for other certain things. And it may almost uh, prevent or hinder us from kind of doing things in the moment. But I think this is an appropriate situation to actually focus on the future and kind of be like, all right, well, what is it going to do for me? That's a, that's a very good point. The future, think about that future version of Ben. What actions and decisions is he making on a, on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis? And he is in the gym and he's working out. So, the, so then if that's the future version of Ben, how do we access it today? It's being in the gym. Like your future version of you, like the big picture could be like, I'm going to have this dope house and I'm going to have a gym in there. I'm going to work out every day. That's great. But you can still access that same gym by paying the $40 a month membership at the local gym. So if you know the future version of you is doing it, then it's just reverse engineering. How do we make it the current reality of Ben be able to access it presently? Good point. All right. Stay tuned for a screenshot with the, with the confirmation. I love it. I want to see it. So we have um, reorganizing kind of expectations on daily to-do lists. We have signing up for the gym membership. What else is top of mind for you? I think a, a common one that continues to come up and I've gotten a lot better about you and I have chatted about it is like allowing yourself to, to tell people no. And that's something that has been like a on and off continuous process of me trying to figure out because for the longest time, especially when I lived back at home in Massachusetts, all my family, all my friends were around there. And it was very easy to just say like, yeah, I'll go do this for you or I'll come over and fix this or I'll go do that or go to dinner. Um, and I was allowing myself to say yes to pretty much everything with almost thinking in a, in a manner of, I want to make these other people feel good. I want to do good for them. And I was finding myself, even when I came out here, I was trying to say yes to as many things as possible, which I think was appropriate and the good decision, especially in the early phases, because it allowed me to meet so many people, get exposed to so many new, new opportunities. And I wouldn't have changed a thing about that. But now where I'm finding myself in a more figured out schedule where I kind of figure out what works for me, I am still, even when I go back home, whether it's home or now or still here, uh, I'm finding myself saying yes to a couple things here and there that afterwards I'm like, ah, I probably should have just stayed home and, and done this for myself or worked on this or done that when I, when I was still continuing to just like, my, my big thing is always trying to make other people feel good. And I mm -hmm. think I found myself getting too caught up in that and not really focusing on making sure I was feeling good in a lot of times. So it's just a matter of kind of figuring out how to say, hey, I can't show up in a way that doesn't make me feel bad because I was finding myself like I would feel bad saying this a lot of times, thinking that I was kind of letting the other people down. So that's been a continuous thing that's on my mind that I've been trying to figure out and navigate. Yeah. So that feeling that you have after it, right? You said it's like you, you probably shouldn't have. There's like some ounce of regret. That emotion, that feeling is what you need to, I think, package and kind of remember. Because if you keep thinking about that singular moment and that emotion of like, this was a waste of time, I shouldn't have done this. And you remind yourself that the next time you get invited to something that you don't want to do, if you say yes, you're going to feel that again, it, I think will help you give yourself that permission to say no. But ultimately, I think we chatted about this um, the last time I saw you when we went for that walk. To me, it's all about in the way in which you deliver the no. That's why it's yeah. so uncomfortable and so hard for people to say no is because we don't know how and we feel like we need this grand big explanation when in reality a no is a no. 
I have never been that harsh. And, you know, do you want to grab coffee? No. Like, I think that's a little <laughs> aggressive. But yeah. I think the way in which you do it is just, you know, leading with, hey, timing isn't great right now. I need to pass on this. Like, that is so simple, straightforward, doesn't need some crazy explanation. And I found that the people that know how to say no, when they get the no, they get it and they respect it. But the people that take offense to it are the same people that don't even know how to do it themselves. So I would encourage you ASAP, not a, you know, just we're recording this on December 6th for those listening. I don't even think this is something you need to wait till the new year. But I think as soon as possible, if it's not a fuck yes for you, it needs to be a no. You have so much stuff to focus on for yourself, for your business that saying yes to all these other things are just distractions, wasting your time and energy and attention. It's ultimately pulling you away from the business. But it's not even that. It's pulling you away from even solitude time or time for you to go yeah. for a walk or time for you to check in with those that you love the most. So I think once you recognize that there's only so much time in a day and then you truly give yourself permission to design a life where you're only doing the things that speak to Ben it will become easier for you to just say no. And once again, I think it's all in the way in which you communicate it. And if people take offense to it, I would just challenge you to reassess how much value you're putting into this relationship. And you have to be selfish ultimately. Like you have to take back control of your time, energy, and attention in order for you to continue building a life where you're fully in alignment and fulfilled. Yeah. And I think one thing, especially that has helped me a little bit like mentally with this is to, I think with everyone gets caught up in seeing if someone's doing their own thing, like starting their own uh, business or pursuing a creative path or anything on those endeavors to where they may not have a nine to five structured schedule. I think one thing that I started to relay, even to like some family members and uh, my dad and and uncle and mom and close family members were very good on me uh, kind of figuring out this and describing it to others is when in doubt, just say like, hey, treat me as if I have a nine to five at the minimum, because then it's like, hey, I can't just randomly grab lunch on a Tuesday at 1 p.m. Like treat me as if I have a nine to five. Although, yes, I technically can control my schedule still kind of go into it expecting that I have a nine to five in air quotes, because mm. then it'll at least allows me that time frame and that window of what a, uh, what a corporate job, if I, if I had a corporate job would have, would have given me to where now, even though I do have my own schedule that I can kind of structure and figure out each day, I'm still providing some sort of boundary in that aspect of a, of a time frame that is relatable to other people, which I think will help make it easily understandable. So that has helped a, a, a good chunk. It's just more so like the outside of the nine to five, like the five to nine and then the nine to five, uh, or sorry, the five to nine in the morning and the five to nine at night, which has really helped uh, figure that out for sure. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you hit a nail on the head with being an entrepreneur. Like there is that freedom to be in control of your time, but if you don't know how to control it, it can control you. And yeah. you could start saying yes to all these things. Yeah, I'll do the lunch at 2 p.m. Yes, I'll go do this at, you know, three in the afternoon. But in reality, it's like, those are probably the times and periods in which you should be focusing on the business. So for myself, I found that if I'm going to link up for with people, it's during those five to nine periods of the morning or the evening. 
It's either yeah. morning for a workout where you're getting, you know, two birds, one stone, getting in the fitness and connecting with people, or it's in the evening for an evening walk, uh, a dinner. But then I leave that middle chunk of the day towards my goals, my priorities, my business. So I think you're, you're aware of, and I think it's just continuously reminding yourself that you don't even have to communicate that to people. It's not your job and responsibility to say like, you know, I am flexible, but I can't do it. It's just, no, I have to, I have, I have priorities that day. I have things I need to get done that day. And that's all that you need to explain to them. And, um, that's, that's, that, that is, that, that is all you need to say. And you shouldn't feel guilty about having to overexplain anything else. I appreciate that. And I think that's definitely where I was getting caught up, just trying to overexplain things and provide too much reasoning. So that's definitely something yeah. I get, I get to work on for sure. Totally. So let's recap. We got being realistic about the to-do list, signing up for the gym membership and seeing that as an investment. And then lastly, learning how to say no to prioritize your own time. I think those are three solid action items for you. And I would love to kind of see what that does for yourself. So obviously, please hit me and let me know um, how, how that works out for you. But for those listening, where can they find you? How can they check out Benji Ball? Uh, me personally, uh, I'm mainly on Instagram. It's just my last name, McAvoy, but instead of an O, it's a zero. So M-C-E-V-0-Y. And I'm that on every platform. Uh, also LinkedIn. I've been really trying to push my LinkedIn a bit and, and kind of force myself to get more active on there. Just my name, Benjamin McAvoy. And uh, Benji Ball is at Benji Ball for all on all social media platforms. Specifically, TikTok is the, is the big one and Instagram as well. And then uh, just BenjiBall.com. But uh, yeah, uh, that's where you can find me. Ben McAvoy, appreciate you taking the time. Love seeing everything you're building. And uh, it's going to be a big year for both of us. So ready to crush it in uh, 2024 with your brother. Likewise, Bob. Thank you for everything as always. And we got to make sure to give you your flowers. I mean, this podcast has led to me moving out here and meeting an incredible group of founders, including yourself, and uh, has really changed my life honestly like it has put me in a position to achieve things that beforehand i never would have been able to and uh that all started when i randomly stumbled upon your podcast and i think 2019 and uh now it's led to a great friendship and also just endless knowledge that i've learned from you and hopefully i've been able to provide some in return so thank you yeah man the relationship is uh appreciated on both ends and uh it, honestly just a reminder of how you don't know how your actions and decisions on a day-to-day -day basis have the ripple effect. And then for that, for that podcast to open the door to this friendship is just priceless. And also the fact that you're from Massachusetts, it was, it was inevitable. It was meant to be. It worked out. Yes, sir. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Bearded Man podcast.